0: What's next for you? Like, What is the vision? If if I was to snap my fingers and I can make anything happen for you, what
1: does that look like? Corporate sponsorship. That's the next thing I'm pursuing, especially as I have my my little guy on the way. That's my main focus. I've been able to set up some really solid systems in terms of sponsorships that donate to these nonprofits, which then allow me to do my work. But I want to go after some big fish, right? Uh, I have a lot of sponsorships in place with brands that I personally use, but I don't see it out of the realm of possibility you know, maybe from connecting with you and helping blowing my brand up a little bit to have Nike or Under Armour, any of these big brands uh, sponsoring some of this work because it's gonna become increasingly more important as we talk about athlete mental health and life after sports. And I think some of these bigger brands are gonna wanna have their names positioned to it or attached to it. I know I could use some help on some things. I'm the type of guy where I may not be a social media wizard, but I know my track record. If you go to my website, I don't know anyone else who's doing this type of work where you look at their website and you see pages upon pages of athletes who are saying, hey, Taj really helped me, Thrive After Sports really helped me, and now I'm doing this. And then I make great connections like yourself who I know can help me get to the next level in some other ways. What's happening, beautiful people. Welcome back to the Thrive After Sports podcast. This is an episode where I'm being interviewed on the What Are You Made Of podcast, hosted by Mike C-Rock Sirocco. Go check the man out. I'll put the link to his Instagram in the show notes. When he reached out to me, honestly, I was surprised. The man has connected with some really heavy hitters, uh, has had some really heavy hitters on his podcast and has a huge following. So when he reached out to me to be on his show, I was like, you want me to be on your show? I mean, not that I don't know I'm doing great work out in the world, but it was definitely a shocker. It was a huge boost for me to just be like, man, keep going. You never know who's watching and you know appreciating what you're doing. So anyway, hope you enjoy the episode we'll get right into it as always i appreciate you guys for leaving ratings and reviews on the podcast it helps us get the message out about what we're doing with thrive after sports and helps me land bigger guests and helps you know apparently more people reach out to me to be on their show so if you don't have time to write a review i get it we're all busy some of you guys kids are going back to school but just do me a favor wherever you're listening And first of all, subscribe, whether it's Apple, Spotify, or YouTube, subscribe to the channel, Uh, like the video if you're watching on YouTube. And then if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, just click the five-star button. If you want to take the time to leave a couple sentences about what you're taking away from the show, that would be greatly appreciated too. Aside from that, follow me on Instagram, at Tosh Deshaun, follow me on LinkedIn. Taj Deshaun and then also join the Thrive After Sports Collaborative community got some great things happening in there the link to join the the community is below I love you guys I'll see you on the next episode and let's get into this podcast the what are you made up podcast with Mike C-Rock Sirocco what's happening man what's going on C-Rock how you doing man all is well man how about you
0: Um, fantastic, bro. Fantastic. I got us uh, here on Fireside, but I also have us live on YouTube. So after the show's over, you can uh, pop over there. It'll be on there right away. We're going to kick the show off right from the bat because since I've been doing this live on YouTube, we don't really have an edit on the YouTube situation. So I just want to just jump right into it, man, if you're cool with that. And uh, this is more of like, you know, a laid back show. Uh, We're not too fancy here. So... um. We just want to get the content to the people. Actually hold on, let me move this thing out of the way. I want to put this light down here because it's <sighs> So you know look man, I, I love what you're doing and I'm gonna introduce you to everyone and then I'm gonna you know kick the show off with uh, the question what are you made of? because it's written back there if you can't see it. Uh, that's the name of the show. And um, basically, uh, you know for, for those joining us here, welcome to the what are you made up show here on Fireside and YouTube live on Mike Searock. Sirocco channel. I have Taj Deshawn in the house. He's an author, podcast host, and athlete. This is the part I love athlete transition specialist. He facilitates holistic coaching and program for retired athletes who, like he once was, are struggling to adapt to life after the sport. Not only does he help former players land jobs and start businesses, he helps them find fulfillment in every area of their lives. Listen, after this show and after we do this interview, man, like I have an idea already of something we can collab on. Because, I, you know, one thing you're doing, well, well, you know what? Let's get into it. Well, we'll get into this here. Taj, let me, let me, first of all, welcome you to the show.
1: Thank you, C-Rock. Honored to be here, man. I've been following your work for a long time. So when your team reached out, I was like, man, this is this a great opportunity just to get to connect with you. So, and I'm excited to hear about that idea you have. I'm, I'm 100% open to it.
0: Let's go. All right. Well, first of all, we start this show with that question. What are you made of, man?
1: Man, I'm made of a little bit of craziness, uh, a lot of love. But grit, you know, uh, passion. I think everything that it takes to to win in life and in business, and I think that foundation came from football. Football made me who I am.
0: Where are you? Where are you? Uh, where'd you play?
1: I played at Stony Brook. I know you're a Northeastern guy, so you know about Stony Brook.
0: Yep, yep, yep. Okay. And uh, what position? Corner and safety. Okay. Awesome, man. Yeah, my son's a senior in high school right now, playing D tackle and guard uh, for a very good program here at that at the beach in Ocean City, Maryland. This program's been turned around over the last few years and you know competing for state championships and it's it's just an awesome thing man i played college football division three level at salisbury and we just last week it's amazing i never went to an sec football game before and last week we went down to Ole miss and my son toured the facility with us and we got to stand on the field and right next to the players the monsters like they're just huge and uh, watched them kick, kick. Uh, what was it, Mercer, kick Mercer's ass. Oh, yeah, and, that was <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah it was bad. Yeah, it was a good time, man. But it was like, it was really cool to see a different level. You know, like SEC football is probably the best conference in, in football. I mean, some people would argue with that, I'm sure. But uh, just the, the, the size of the people is just phenomenal. So, yeah, so like I love what you're talking about here. So where did it all start for, for you? Like where did you originally grow up? And let's lead into where you are now, because I want to really talk about the ingredients that have gone into making you who you are. And then we're going to get into more of what you're doing and some of the
1: philosophy that you use and what you're doing. OK, cool, man. Yeah, I'll just give you the quick bullet points. Grew up in Southern California. Um, I, ne- I had never even heard of Stony Brook before, man, but I wasn't highly recruited in high school. I was kind of like that two star bordering on three star athlete. And um, Stony Brook was the best of my options. I had some other higher tier programs, but long story short, went to Stony Brook thinking I was going to be a big fish in a small pond because it's, you know, FCS school. And that didn't end up happening, man. I found myself quickly like, damn, I'm not getting a lot of playing time. I don't think this NFL dream is going to work out for me. So when I graduated, I was just crushed, man. Like, I felt like a failure because I didn't have the college career I saw for myself. But then also here I am Back home as an unemployed college grad, back home in my childhood bedroom, like, uh, I'm not going to the NFL. I'm not making any money. I don't even know what the hell I want to do. I just feel like I'm back at square one, but actually, you know, I have a degree, but in some ways, worse off. So that kind of began the whole journey for me, man, of trying to figure out who I was. And then we can get into it a little bit more. But once I established that, then I'm like, let me reach back and start helping the other athletes coming up behind me who are going through the same thing.
0: Well, the thing is about this is that I, over the last couple of weeks, have been really dialing in on this message of like, who are you? I was in Dallas, uh, I don't know, two weeks ago, and I did a talk. It was the first time I did this talk, and it was about doing the right thing the right way with the right people, but it starts with understanding who you are. Mm-hmm. And what you're, what you're getting at here, man, and I really love this, is that athletes a lot of times identify themselves as an athlete. I am an athlete. I am uh, you know, a college athlete, I am a pro athlete, I am a football player, I'm a baseball, whatever it is, right? To the degree, not just athletes, but we do it with race, we do it with sex, we do it with single or married, we label ourselves and the society labels us, and then we think that's who we are, mm-hmm. right? But really, at the end of the day, it's not. It's, it's, it's a description. Um, it's a, it's a vehicle like being an athlete is a vehicle, what you're doing to, 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 achieve a mission right now. And, um, yeah, so I was talking about this. This is a funny thing about this. I was talking about this for the last couple of weeks. And so, uh, that's why I said, I love what you're doing because really when I've interviewed a lot of successful people, Taj, they had their worst moments when the thing they were identifying as could have been their business, it could have been athletics when they were identifying that and it fell apart. They lost their identity, mm-hmm. and that's what you're speaking to, right?
1: Absolutely, yeah. I love how you talked about it as a vehicle, as sports just being the vehicle. I couldn't agree with you more, man. I feel like and it took me a while to get here, it, it wasn't like overnight where I was like, Yeah, I'm just gonna treat life like my sport. But I always tell my athletes now, Life is your sport, and if you approach it like that and you know what you're going for, you can take that athletic mindset and then apply it to business, to life, to anything you want to pursue. And finding the new vehicle is the key, and that's why I feel like, uh Athletes need the most help because of the identity piece. Like you said, it's, well, I don't know what my new vehicle is going to be to apply all this ambition and work ethic to that's why I wanted to step in. Man, I had nobody doing it for me. So decided to start helping others with it.
0: Think about this, though. You know, I would love to get your opinion on this. Do you think it's possible to be successful in football or any industry or athletics or whatever um, if you don't identify with being that? And versus identifying it currently in the in the current uh, time that you're in it as a vehicle. Like, can you be a champion and be the greatest at it if you're not identifying as it? What are your thoughts on that?
1: Man, okay, so I already love where you're going with this because so many people will say while you're playing your sport, oh, just try to – compartmentalize and think about you, which is great you should be thinking of yourself as more than an athlete but that's easier said than done right in anything it would be like telling you as a businessman well you're not your business C-Rock you know you're all these other things and yes you are you are all these other things but like when that's your daily focus and you're after something it's almost I don't want to say impossible but it's pretty damn hard to separate the identities right so I, I love that point you brought up it's And that's why I feel like the work, the real work begins once it's like, oh, I actually can't play this sport anymore, either because I retired or because the game is done with me. Right. You don't have a choice but to move on and try to establish yourself somewhere else. And that's where you need the most support, because all you have is time to try to figure out that new vehicle.
0: Yeah. You know, like there's things that I think about a lot of times is like, what's a thriving behavior versus a surviving behavior versus a uh, non-survival behavior? And I think a lot of times identification, which is when you identify as something versus differentiating things. When you identify as something, it's a non-survival behavior. Being able to differentiate, so you are all in when you're playing football. I'm all in, I'm a football player, but I'm, I know who I am while I'm doing it. And when I'm done, I'm C-Rock. And this is who C-Rock is. Being able to do that, and I think if we could teach the kids at an earlier age how to do this, they won't have that, that emotional curve that you went on and a lot of people go on, you know? So what you're doing right now, um, and correct me if wrong, what you're doing right now is dealing with the aftermath or the after effects when we could actually go into a proactive approach and deal with it at a younger age, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I think there are a lot of, so one thing I saw when I first started doing this, where well, there are a lot of people doing just that, which is great. And it's phenomenal work and is necessary. And I didn't see people doing work with people that were in the thick of it. Right. Um, but to your point, yeah, I think I try to do that through my podcasts and my books and try to get the message out about, Hey, this season of your life is coming. So be as prepared as possible. But where I like actually doing the work is in the season where they're going through it because you know, as well as I do, some people are going to slip through the cracks Like you can talk to people to your blue in the face about get, getting prepared and thinking of yourself as more than an athlete and having a backup plan and all this type of stuff. But some people like myself and I went to Stony Brook. So imagine these you know, people going to SEC schools are like you can't tell me I'm not going to be a professional athlete, you know, and it, it doesn't work out. Then it all comes crashing down. And that's why I feel like um, that's just a gap that I personally wanted to fill. And there are a lot of great people doing exactly what you just said, helping people get prepared ahead of yeah. time.
0: Yeah. So what was it like growing up in Southern California? Like what part were you were you in?
1: Man, I lived all over. I grew up in the Inland Empire, which is east of LA. I was born in Pasadena. Then my family moved east. But I've lived in LA. I've lived in San Diego, lived in Orange County, all over Southern California. Um, I live in Austin now. But it was beautiful, man. You know, I, I actually moved from california in 2020 for uh reasons we won't get into but i'm sure you can you know take a guess but i live in texas now i want to live in a more free state especially as a businessman but SoCal so was great man i will tell you it was a complete culture shock going out there to stony brook and being on long island i was like man these people are completely different you know but i fell in love with the place man there's some great people out there on the northeast as you know
0: did you, did you get out to the hamptons while you're up there
1: i did i did man a couple parties um Great times, man. Memories for a lifetime out there in the Hamptons, for sure. I had some good nights out there.
0: That's awesome. And then, and then Austin, what's Austin like, man? I've never been – I've been to Dallas, and uh, I think that's the only place I've been to, Dallas area. Yeah, what's Austin like?
1: Austin's cool. It's – as they say, keep Austin weird. It's like the – they're calling it Little California now because of that California exodus with so many people being out here. So – it's great, man. We love it. Uh, my wife and I, we have our first kid on the way, baby boy. He's doing December. Yeah. Thank you, man. So we're, we're going to be raising a family out here. Austin's a great city.
0: Oh, that's awesome, man. I got to get out and see you, man. So cool. in the business that you're doing, how do you? How did you get into it in the first place? Take me through like the process because like a lot of people want to start businesses. They have ideas. They have passions. They love to turn into a business. Can can you take us through like when you had the idea and then how it started into a business and then how you were able to grow it into multiple clients?
1: Yeah. So, and by the way, I do not claim to be, you know, have it all figured out to this day. And I definitely didn't know anything when I was first getting started. A lot of trial and error. So I'll just say that right up front. But what I did was five years after graduation, after I kind of went through that dark period of just like drinking a lot and just really not knowing who I was, which led to the, you know a downward spiral. I was like, all right, I have two choices. I can keep going on this path of like feeling sorry for myself or I can start to pick myself up. And at least even though I don't know what I want to do or who I am outside of football, I can try to do something. So started out in sales uh, just because I needed some money to move, to get back on my feet. I was making great money in sales, but I was selling copy machines and stuff for Xerox. Like I was bored to death and I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life, but this is not it. Made a quick pivot into recruiting and like talent acquisition, job development type stuff. And that's where I found my lane. I was helping pull people up. So, long story short, as I was in that career, I was like, I'm really good at this and helping people get from point A to point B and find clarity and put themselves in position to like land the opportunity. And underneath that was like figuring out what type of opportunities they wanted to even go for. It was the clarity piece. So, I'm like, damn, I'm really good at helping people find clarity how can i do this but not in a corporate setting then i started looking into people who were like career coaches and stuff like that and i was like why well, i specifically want to work with athletes because i know that i'm not the only one who went through what i just went through and i know it's not just football players it's athletes across all sports men and women you know all levels collegiate professional whatever so i started researching that was my first step to answer your question to see what was available in 2017 when i started doing this there wasn't much going on nobody was talking about athlete mental health or you know, life after sports, that wasn't really a big thing back then. So I said, perfect. There's a window and an opportunity for me to step in and do this. And now I've, you know, built up the skill set of being able to help people do it. So I just started helping people for free, man. I started with former teammates, just testing it out to make sure like the programs and the, the ideas that I had put together were actually getting results for people. And I would, I used a referral system. It was like, I'd work with people I knew for free. They would test it out, give me feedback. They would give me testimonials and they would send me people who ended up uh, paying to work with me. And I would always ask for referrals, as you know, like right when I'm in the middle of helping them, not after the fact, as soon as they get that first result, hey, is there anyone else do you think that could benefit from working with me or what we're doing here? I then moved into a model where I didn't want athletes to be paying me directly. Cause a lot of the people who were reaching out were like recent grads didn't have jobs, weren't working. They can't pay for high ticket coaching. So I started making some connections with like nonprofits and different sponsorship opportunities where I could still get paid and put food on the table for my family. But the athletes were getting the support that they needed without, you know, having to break the bank or come up with money that they didn't have. So, yeah.
0: So there's nonprofits out there specifically for athletes getting the, making a transition.
1: There are now, yeah. So I started doing this in 2017, going into 2018. There was a guy by the name of Jonathan Orr. There's actually a a nonprofit called Athlete Transition Services, and he was going into schools and speaking, but he didn't have coaching programs available and like additional support services. So that was a natural partnership. And then another company called Athlete, another nonprofit called Athlete Soul, um, which is founded by Miriam Glez. She's a former Olympian, and she has entire programming uh, for one-on-one and group coaching that she's building out. She just needed the coaches. So that was a natural pair where I could do coaching on behalf of her organization and also like find and develop and bring in other people who were coaches as well.
0: Gotcha. So, and is it, is it mostly college athletes or some pros too, or is the pros have their money? So they're good. Like, what, what, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, cause college kids don't have money, but see money's not everything either. Like the college or the pros got money, but the, a lot of them, like still, even if you got money, you need to have a purpose, right?
1: So who, like, are you working with some pro, pro, fat, former professionals as well? It's a pretty even mix. I'd say in terms of the nonprofits, uh, like athlete transition services is mostly collegiate athletes because it goes into schools and speaks. Athlete Soul is more, mostly former collegiate and Olympians because that's Miriam's world. She was an Olympian. For me, because of the nature of the, the time I've been doing this and the stuff that I put out there, I get a, a, a pretty even mix. Like I couldn't even tell you it's more specifically one group or another, like between men and women, professional, Olympic, collegiate, the sport, the break, like I'll have to look at the numbers one day, but I feel like I'm talking to everybody. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah.
0: Awesome. And, and you mentioned clarity because this is such an important thing. So chaos and confusion is in so many people's lives and it's impossible to be successful with chaos and confusion. Mm-hmm. But you mentioned clarity and getting them clear. What method or what can you do for this, you know, for share with the audience here that they can maybe use some some just simple tip on getting clarity?
1: Yeah, so I'm the type of person where I typically don't like giving cookie cutter advice because every person's situation is different. But I will say just some some basic things for someone who's like in a period of trying to figure it out. The number one thing is I always tell people think about how you want to live versus what you wanna do. And start with that. Like think about what you want your life to look like. In a certain period of time, whether it's five, 10, 15 years, or however far out you want to project. It can be like what you want your life to look like next year. And then start with the lifestyle and then reverse engineer how you're gonna get there, not just from a financial standpoint, but like what you're actually doing from the time you wake up to the time you go to sleep. Because most people don't think about that. They just think, oh, I need to make some money, I need to figure out something, what am I gonna do? That's great, but it's harder to fit how you're living into what you're doing unless you start the other way around. I wanna live like this, and this is what I'm gonna do that's gonna allow me to live like that. And then the, the last thing I'm saying on that is I always recommend that people just really be intentional about who they wanna serve, right? Because sometimes we wanna do things, like I wanted to be a rapper at one point. That's great, but nobody's gonna to pay to see me rap. Right?
0: Me too,
1: by so, the way, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for making me feel like I'm not alone on that. <laughs> But I say that to say, like, sometimes we want to do things, which is great, like keep doing those things. But you got to think about what people would be willing to pay you for because you're that you're that good at doing it. And it actually does make an impact on people. So for me, that was helping people find clarity.
0: You ever have a client that comes in just like, oh, dude, I don't know what I want. Like, I don't know. How, to, how do I figure out what I want? Like, what? do I'm not, I don't even know what I'm good at. I was good at football. Like, what do I do now? Like, where do you take somebody like
1: that? Yeah. That, I mean, that's pretty much every single person <laughs> that reaches out. That's that's a lot of what those initial conversations look like. And of course, people don't know what they're good at right off the bat. So we have to start exploring some of those things. Like a quick exercise I do is who, what, and how. And I feel like everything in business and in life comes to comes down to um, who are you serving? What are you doing to serve them? And how are you serving them? So the who comes back to like take your eyes off of yourself for a second because you feel stuck and frustrated, but just think about who you want to help, what demographic, and what do you want to do to help them? And then how is where you get to be selfish? Because you can help, there's a, a million different ways to help people doing whatever thing you want to do, but how you help them, that's dependent on you and what you create. That's usually how those conversations go. There's a lot more layers to it, but.
0: Yeah, um, no, I, get, yeah. I get it. And then tell me about podcasting, man. Like you have your own show, and then have you been going on other shows consistently too?
1: Uh, not as consistently. Also something I wanted to talk to you about. Um, okay. Yeah, we can um, talk
0: about that. But like what's podcasting, having your own show done for you? Since, and I, like when did you start that? How, how long ago did you start it?
1: 2019. I was two years okay. into my coaching.
0: Same as me. So I was in fall of 2019. So I'm four years in. Mm-hmm. Same kind of thing. But what has it done for you from the start till now, having
1: your show? Like what, what kind of changes have you seen or what have you? Just in terms of – the amount of people reaching out or other people reaching out for different opportunities because they found out about the show, either they stumbled upon it or someone shared it with them. You know, it's been cool. The same thing with writing a book. Like, as you know, I need to grab your book, by the way, I've heard you talk about it. Uh, I love the rocket fuel concept, but you know, when people, when you write a book, people treat you like you have a PhD all of a sudden, like (laughs) and the same with the podcast, like this person has hundreds of episodes on this topic and they wrote a book on this topic. They probably know what the hell they're talking about. You know, or I'm at least going to check it out to verify if they know what they're talking about. So a podcast has been great. And I actually enjoy doing it. I get to meet great people like yourself. Um, And the the coolest part about it, as you know, is the content's always there. Like people are listening. Sometimes I wake up and just check my downloads. And like, that's so cool. I was asleep for these eight hours. And like, you know, hundreds or thousands of people were listening to me talk, which is kind of weird while I'm, you know, passed out drooling on myself. So yeah.
0: yeah and and the the networking like you just mentioned the great meeting great people like you know sometimes i what i notice is i could have people on my show that i wouldn't be able to get on a phone call with but now Mm -hmm. i got them for 30 minutes to an hour where i can shoot the shit with them and i'm in control you know did you notice that too like you 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 got control because hey this is my show you're on my show now and i get to ask the questions you know it's, it's it's powerful man it really is and a lot of people don't understand it. Now, let me let me talk about going on shows. So, I started going on shows first before I had my own show. And mm-hmm. when I started going on shows, I started seeing in other people what I didn't want to do, what I liked, what they were doing wrong, what you know, so that I could shape my show. But the other thing is, going on other people's shows, you get other people's audiences, mm-hmm. and they're interviewing you, which raises your credibility. Like you talk about writing a book, and people look at you like you have a PhD. When people see you being interviewed multiple times over and over again, it's something up here. They get this perception. It's like, oh my gosh, that's a celebrity. Like that that must be somebody that I better pay attention to, you know? And uh, so what I did when I did saw that, Taj, I leaned into it, man. I was like, are you serious? This is like the power that comes with this? I got this like feeling in my chest, like I'm big, big, bad confidence, authority, credibility. And I was just like, I got to give me more. I want all the shows I pot. Like I was just doing seven to 10 shows a week. I didn't I've done 900 shows in the last four years so I know a little bit about this I know what it's done for me and I wouldn't change a thing and now I'm like I'm like screaming from the top of the rooftops like get on shows get on shows so yeah it's been, it's been great man but one thing too like with your clients and what they're doing a lot of them especially athletes, like they should be getting on shows talking about their their story and sharing and and it's going to create other opportunities for them, um, you know, along the way. So yeah, we got a lot to talk about, man. But um, so tell me about the books because I know you're a multiple time author. Tell me about the books. how they come about? Like, what are they about and all that?
1: Yeah. So. I always like to say, first of all, I never intended on writing a book. I don't want to say never, but I always thought of it as I'll write a book when I'm, you know, a little older. Like when I'm a grandpa, I'll write a book as a legacy piece for the kids once I've made it, whatever that means. Uh, And then I had a client who ended up wanting to write a book and I don't know anything about it. But I'm like, I want to help this guy. So I started tapping into my network, found a publisher and I got the book published for my client through that publisher. And then the publisher starts talking to me about publishing a book. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. That's a good point. I actually should. I can publish a book when I'm in my rocking chair as a grandpa and I can publish one now with what the information that I have. So the first book, Thrive After Sports, you see it behind me right there is it's not an autobiography. I'm a very humble dude. Like I'm not so arrogant to think that anyone wants to read about my life story. So I didn't write the book as an autobiography, I, even though I'm on the cover. I wrote it so that it could be a tool for former athletes right, or current, current athletes. So the book is basically my coaching program in book format. I use it as a tool. Uh, I use stories as tools, but I also give practical examples and advice and exercises that they can do. It's like a workbook, too. There's a lot of exercises in there. My goal with with that first book is when people, by the time they pick it down, uh, put it down, even if they're not an athlete, they still have 100 percent clarity around where they want to go and how they're going to do it. And they're already executing on it before they even finish reading the book. Then I started getting into publishing co-author collaboration books, because I was like, I'm not the only athlete who's gone through this, obviously, or the uh, the only athlete who's doing something cool after they're done playing. So I started doing co-author collaboration books where we have Athlete to Entrepreneur Volumes 1 and 2. Volume 2 is coming out in like a month or so. And then um, The Six Figure Athlete, which was basically like an NIL book, even for athletes who aren't in the limelight. Um, and that was myself and 20 other former athletes turned entrepreneurs who came together too. So those collaboration books have been a lot of fun. It's a great conversation starter. It's a great business card when you have a book, so I highly recommend it to anyone and everyone in business for sure.
0: Yeah, unless you're a celebrity, you're not going to make money from book sales. That's for sure. It's going to be indirect and how you leverage it and use it along the way. So um, let's talk about NIL for a second, man, because it's like it's still in its infancy stages, right? And I'm I'm down in uh, Ole Miss and uh, watch. You know who Jackson Dart is? He played for USC. Now he transferred to Ole Miss. Jackson Dart.
1: Quarterback. He's no. the quarterback, Oh, I'm
0: tripping. Okay, no. Yeah, he's the, he's the quarterback. He started this past game for Ole Miss. He started last year too, but he, pl- he played at USC too. He went to the transfer portal. And I watched him like unbelievable game. Then I'm watching um Trey Harris. He had four touchdowns, broke a record for receiving touchdowns in a game, the first game. Um, and I'm messaging him like I'm, I'm on Instagram and I've, I've built my Instagram. This is for everybody listening. Instagram is important to build. Because when you want to reach out to somebody, message somebody, they're going to look at your Instagram account. And if your Instagram account looks like shit and you don't have the following and you don't take pride in what you're doing, they're not going to respond as well. So I'm messaging the players during the game, after the game, while they're making plays so that when they get done, they got somebody like, oh, you know, somebody's giving me some feedback and they message me back. Now, now I'm thinking to myself, okay, I have a lot of power. Like I just know what I'm capable of, just like you do, just like you know. I have this, what am I gonna do with it? Like I have an opportunity now, so people don't realize this Taj, like when you open up a communication line with somebody, you shoot out communication, let's say they don't answer. It's not really a communication line because it's not connected to anything. It's just out in space. But when you connect a communication line with someone, you shoot something out and then they respond, now something's there. So what the hell is gonna, like what are you gonna do with that? Like to me, I'm thinking I can't waste opportunities if I have a connected line. To someone so now i'm thinking okay these these guys are like sec football players they're top level they're going to be playing against alabama like i mean you know lsu all these like lane kiffin's their coach what could i do to offer some kind of value to these players right so this is what's going through my mind and so i'm coming up with all kinds of ideas and i'm jotting ideas down you know and i don't know if you've ever done this but like like really brainstorming on like what kind of value can i bring to these guys where they can't they, they would feel so stupid to say, no, I, I don't want that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, have you ever thought about that?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, first things first, I've seen your Instagram, so they would be dumb to not reply to you. So there's that. But then like one thing I like about you, are you saying you're looking at this from an NIL standpoint of how you can sort of work some sort of deal out with these guys? Because that's
0: part of that's part of my brainstorming is like, how can I package, polish and position these guys beyond what anybody around them is doing right now, so that NIL, like, it's, it's obvious for them, like, no problem. Because they got their helmets on, right? A lot of people don't know who the hell they are. And they don't know how to position their Instagram or their brand out there, so that businesses are like, I have to have that guy. I have right. to have that guy. So that's how the NIL came into my mind, is like, I could help these guys because their Instagram's okay, but like, I know what to do to make it really attractive and create an attraction model. So that's why the NIL came in and, and to me it's like in its infancy stages still. Mm-hmm. So there's all kinds of new businesses that are gonna spring up around NIL and they're like, you and I get together, we talk, who knows, and then something can be created all of a sudden, here we are, like we're working with all the top NFL prospects prior to them being NFL players and they're getting so much money that they're like, but, but we gotta keep them focused on the task too and keep the main thing the main thing. So there's all kinds of ideas. I don't know, I'm just shooting shit with you right now. No, you know what no, I mean?
1: I love it. And I think, like you said, NIL is in its infancy, and it's also the wild, wild west in a sense that nobody really has it figured out. And as you know, all these athletic departments are scrambling, trying to create education about it for the players and for themselves. Right. And then there are a lot of people who I feel like when someone like you reaches out and they start looking at your content, they're like, OK, this is an authentic dude. He knows what the hell he's talking about from a branding perspective versus they're getting all these for lack of a better word, they're getting all these stiffs reaching out to them who are really just trying to make a quick buck and can't relate to them on a personal level. They haven't played football. You've played football. You know how to interact with people. So I just think like athletes are looking for people who get it and can actually give them a legit opportunity without having to, you know, take a huge percentage off the top, like before they even make anything happen. And they want to have conversations with people where they feel like they can connect. So I think you're in a perfect position to be able to do that. It, like, however you want it to. And obviously, there's a million different ways you can bring value to these guys. So no, that's, that's cool. the thing.
0: Like, you, you've got to, like, brainstorm, put a list together and then prioritize, you know, mm-hmm. so are you doing anything with NIL, like, uh, like, get involved with any of that?
1: You know, I stay in my lane. Um, I don't want to be all things to all people. I like, uh, but I do have some ideas some things that I'm working on just from like a community building standpoint where NIL could become a factor in terms of the growth of that and also like give people a legit opportunity. But I'm the type of guy where I know that I wouldn't necessarily be able to bring anything of value right now. So I'm going to wait until I get there before I start. But the na- the relationships are already there. I'm always making those relationships, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Um, and I got so many ideas running through my head right now, just off this conversation. So I'm I'm creative like that, but I sometimes this gets distracted. Um, I wanted to say one more thing to you as we wrap up here. And that was, it had to do with shit, man. Like, these ideas came through my head all of a sudden. So what is it? What's next for you? Like, what is the vision? If you if was to snap my fingers and I can make anything happen for you, what does that look like?
1: Corporate sponsorship. That's the next thing I'm pursuing, especially as I have my, my little guy on the way. That's my main focus. I've been able to set up some really solid systems in terms of sponsorships that donate to these nonprofits which then allow me to do my work but i want to go after some big fish right Uh, i have a lot of sponsorships in place with brands that i personally use but i don't see it out of the realm of possibility you know maybe from connecting with you and helping blowing my brand up a little bit to have nike or under armor any of these big brands uh, sponsoring some of this work because it's going to become increasingly more important as we talk about athlete mental health and life after sports. And I think some of these bigger brands are gonna wanna have their names positioned to it or attached to it. So that doesn't really answer your snapping the finger question, but uh, no, I would say having happy- no.
0: yeah. well, it does because here's the deal. I wanna, I wanna have these brands sponsoring what we're doing and having to care in athletes' mental health and advancement beyond sports. It's, yeah, a, it's an impact mission-driven ideology and you want to be a part of that. Now that was very clear to me. So I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Yeah, you answered my question.
1: Well, for sure, I know I definitely need to, and I 100% would love to speak to you again. And uh, I know I could use some help on some things. I'm the type of guy where I may not be a social media wizard, but I know my track record. If you go to my website, I don't know anyone else who's doing this type of work where you look at their website and you see pages upon pages of athletes who are saying, "Hey, Taj really helped me. Thrive After Sports really helped me, and now I'm doing this." So I lean on that, and then um, and then I make great connections like yourself, who I know can help me get to the next level in some other ways. So
0: yeah, well, look, I'm going to end the show here, man. I want to thank you for being here, and uh, if you got time, um, I'm going to hit you up right after this. This, if you, I don't know, you got about five, ten minutes after this. i going to do okay. absolutely. I'm going to hit you up after this, man, but I want to thank you for coming on today, Taj. It's Taj Deshaun. He's with us. Guys, go check him out. What's the name of that
1: podcast, Taj? Drive After Sports. That's the name of everything I'm doing, Drive After Sports. Drive
0: After Sports podcast. Go check him out. Let him know you saw him here on the What Are You Made Up show. with your boy C-Rock. Until next time.